This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to Behind the Pen. I am your host, Mike Rankin, and for this show, I'm by myself tonight. And that's okay, because there's plenty to talk about, and I have opinions on a bunch of stuff that I want you to listen to, and you're forced to if you're listening to this podcast. First, I want to say, wow, thank you all for the support. It's been great. My third episode, everything's been going well. And there's plenty of topics to keep talking about because, well, first, the White Sox never cease to entertain us with this Adam LaRoche stuff. And then we also have some Bears talk to get to because they've been making moves in free agency, and I'm very pleased with what's been going on. And Ryan Pace has been proving to me so far that, yeah, yeah, I definitely believe in this guy. Especially with John Fox around, influencing his decision-making. I'm So far, so good, in my opinion. Also, it's March Madness season, and I'm going to be the first to tell you that I'm not the biggest college basketball guy, I'm going to be honest. Uh, if you ask me who the best college basketball player was, I wouldn't know at all. Straight up. Uh, Simmons, maybe? I don't, yeah. You're going to have to listen to my other co-workers, maybe Ricky Widmer and Sean Anderson and the other part of the MVP crew. So let's get into this Adam LaRoche stuff because it's been all over the news and it's been this story that's been kind of blown out of proportion in my opinion. And it really shouldn't have been a story to begin with, but here we are. Let's go from the start. Adam LaRoche apparently signed a deal with the White Sox prior to last season and and on, there wasn't. It wasn't in the contract that his son could be there every day, and ever. Uh, it was like a verbal agreement that his son was able to have a locker, was able to travel with the team, and his father, Mister Laroche, his name is Drake Laroche. So Drake was able to follow his father on the field, in practice, in the clubhouse. He was everywhere, and I mean, this was a, once in a while. Uh, he was there every single day, and it's it's kind of appalling to me that this kid is following his father around year, like, throughout this entire baseball season, 162 game stretch, even on the road. But anyway, that's the case. So there was a verbal agreement there, and that was a condition that LaRoche and the White Sox agreed upon, and they signed together. So LaRoche is a man, member of the White Sox, and his son was a part of the team pretty much. And, you know, he didn't cause any problems. Uh, everything I've read says that he's a very well-mannered kid. Uh, he does everything right. That's that's good to hear. That's great. But at the same time, you have this discrepancy in perce- perception. Is it okay to have a kid in the workplace? Well, you talk about it in that sense. It's different because Major League Baseball isn't a regular office job. Major League Baseball is pretty much you go in, have a cup of coffee, you know, you get to the clubhouse, you relax a little bit. It's their sanctuary. It's a player's sanctuary. And for me personally, I think it it would have to bother at least one person for a kid to be around them. Okay, so whatever the case is. It was, apparently it wasn't an issue last year, but this year there's a different squad. White Sox made a bunch of moves. They brought in guys, veterans like Jimmy Rollins, Austin Jackson could be considered a veteran, Todd Frazier, but Laurie's considered a, a, a mainstay in the league so far. And I'm not saying that one of these guys, because it hasn't been reported, that these guys went and said something about it, but so, something happened 
for Kenny Williams, the president of the White Sox, to put an end to this this little charade that he's this, this Drake and Adam Bond type thing that they had. And it's really interesting to dive into, I guess, because there's different perspectives to it. You know, teammates are saying, yes, please, it's fine. Let this kid be a part of it. Family first. We see all these family first posts. And obviously, players are going to be supportive of their guy, and they're going to back him publicly no matter what. But behind the scenes, you have to wonder, somebody's going to have to take issue to this. And for me, this happening in March late March, March 15th, it it, it tells me something. So Adam LaRoche decides to retire, leaves $13 million on the table because Kenny Williams asked him to dial it back, and that's a direct quote, to dial it back on bringing his son around the clubhouse and stuff for the 2016 season. And apparently that was enough for him to say, all right, I'm done. It wasn't because Adam LaRoche was the biggest bum in the league last year. It wasn't because he's got back problems this season. It wasn't because he's a—I don't know what it was, but apparently it was because of his son. It's not because of his play, because that's—oh, yeah, 35, 36 years old. He was just—he just gave it up. And so he used his son as the reason, which is kind of— I don't know. I I kind of have a problem with that, going publicly saying, yeah, I retired— because of my son, but he wanted to make it clear that you know him and his son have this bond. But now Kenny Williams is impeding in it, and he impeded on his verbal agreement. So now he's walking away. Okay, that's that's your decision. Now suddenly people are taking sides. Oh, the White Sox are at fault. I'm all for Adam LaRoche. I'm all for Kenny Williams. There's one concrete answer and one side to this, and it's the White Sox. They're right. They're all good. In making this decision, you have a player, one, at even one player who has a problem with Adam LaRoche's son being in the in the clubhouse. That's enough for someone to step in and say, "Hey, man, can't have this happen anymore." Because this this is their place, this is their home. They do what they want in there. You you, you see that with a kid being around, players are going to have to manage their language, obviously, and they're going to have to. If you want to confront him because Adam LaRoche was terrible last year and if he was struggling or doing whatever, you want to confront this guy, how are you going to do it with his son right next to him? That's just kind of awkward to be flat out, flat out honest about it. So that just puts players in an awkward position. Another thing, you have his son on the field. He has his own locker. He's 14 years old. He doesn't go to school apparently. Apparently he's he's the deal with his schooling is which is fine, you know. Everybody has their way of going about their schooling, and you're a parent, that's fine. You do what you got to do. Apparently he is enrolled in a school, and he receives his work bucket loads at a time. So he'll show up for a few days, collect the work that he'll, he's gonna miss throughout the time that he travels with his parents or his dad. And then he's pretty much homeschooled from then on. And that's, you know, if that's how you want to raise your kid, I don't have a problem with it. But at 14 years old, you're impeding on a professional Major League Baseball team. That's enough for me to say for anyone in that clubhouse to say, yes, that's enough. I don't want him around. That's, you know, this is our, this is ours. You can't have this little kid around. And that's okay. 
in my opinion. I think that's totally fair for a player to say, yes, I have a problem with this. And people are upset because the White Sox forced Adam LaRoche retired because they went back on his... That's that's baloney. Adam LaRoche retired because he's a, he's he's a bad baseball player, first off. And second of all, deal with it. Deal with it. How is it that LaRoche can have his kid running around every season? He's a well-mannered kid. He knows what he's doing around the clubhouse. That's he's not he's not a problem. A lot of White Sox players even backed him, saying, Oh, we he was a joy to be around. And I don't blame him. That's great. But for me, this whole entire situation, it comes about and it happens on March 15th. Why didn't it happen in October, November, December, January, February, during the offseason, during the brunt of the offseason? It, it comes about now in the middle of spring training. And what does that tell you? Also, I have to ask you this. Is Kenny Williams in the clubhouse every day? Is Kenny Williams on the field with these players doing all these things? It's it ha- I say that because it has, if you think logically about this, Kenny Williams just didn't all of a sudden out of the blue say, all right, LaRoche, you know, dial it back. I don't like it. I don't like it anymore. You were going to take down his locker. This can't be happening anymore. A player had to have spoken up. If I had to guess, it would probably be a, a guy who was brought in as in this, a new piece that was added this year. Could have been... Jimmy Rollins? Maybe. But for the sake of the matter of this conversation, it shouldn't really matter who did it, but it happened. I am almost a firm believer that it happened, and there's reasons to believe it happened for the obvious reasons, like I just stated. There were reports by the score, 670 the score, that even said that, yes, it was a player who went to management and voiced their opinion on the matter. And like I said, one person... To go and say they have a problem with having a kid around in the clubhouse is enough for me. And what is this kid what is this kid learning while he's not in school? He's seeing grown men talk about whatever the whatever they talk about in the clubhouse. They're they're changing, they're butt ass naked. You want your you want your 14, 13, 12 year old to be you know? You know what I mean? It's just odd. This whole situation is odd, especially when he has his own locker. He's fourteen years old. This, it's just, and it's crazy. This this whole entire situation is crazy because it's it, national news. This is being talked about everywhere. Adam LaRoche retired because his son, what, the, because the White Sox asked his him to dial it back a bit about with his son. They didn't ask him to completely shut him out. He would still be able to be there. I don't know the exact percentage of the time, but it should matter. He's still, they were still willing to let him be there. But I guess not being there every single day, even on the road, was enough for LaRoche to walk away. Bob Nightingale, who is very close with the White Sox, the White Sox don't really speak to many media sources, but Nightingale is pretty much their spokesperson. And he wrote a really good piece for USA Today. And I have some quotes that I'd like to share with you from Kenny Williams that kind of backs up. you You could take it as you will, because obviously I can't, persuade you if you have opinion if you're family first and for LaRoche but here's a quote Kenny Williams says tell me where in America you can bring your child to work every day and how can you manage it how can you manage the next guy and the next guy and the next guy that's not fair now I understand yes like I was alluding to earlier would it be 
weird for more kids to be in the clubhouse. That would just be a total distraction. But what he says about bringing your child to work every day, that's, it's different. Like in baseball, it's different than say you're sitting at an office job and you got your kid in your little cubicle. That's obviously a different situation. But I get where he's coming from from there. Later in the article, he said, Williams told LaRoche, and these are his quotes, I just told him that he needed to dial it back. That's all. Look, I don't want this to turn into something that makes Drake feel badly. He's such a good kid and so loved around here. But the kid is there every day in the clubhouse and on the field during drills everywhere. Simply, you have to make a decision from management from a management perspective or an organization at large. We went into this season saying to ourselves, we are going to commit and focus and not leave any stone unturned. So this is a stone that had to be turned. And where is where exactly is Robin Ventura on this whole situation? You have this passive-aggressive manager who really allows this to go down. He's just like, ah, just, uh, just, I don't know. It's just stuff that's happening, and we just got to look at it. Uh, he doesn't, he's not controlling anybody. He's not this voice. Because compared to Bobby Cox, but I was reading some stuff about Bobby Cox and how he ran his clubhouse. You couldn't listen to music. You had If you want to listen to music, you had to have headphones. It's like that. He was like, bam, strict. Like, you can't do anything unless I say it's okay. And I'm not saying Robbie Ventura has to be like that, but come on, man, you're the, you're the manager. You got to create the culture. You got to create the flow of the clubhouse. You got to at least help manage it. That's what successful teams do. Kenny Williams went on by saying, this has nothing to do with Drake's conduct. He's a well-mannered and respectful kid. Roach's teammates, past and present, love to tease him. They called him their 26th man. And that's, that's great. I'm, I'm really glad that teammates enjoyed having him around and whatnot. But like 14 years old, you have your own locker, traveling with him every day. What is that? That's enough. Enough is enough, LaRoche. And people argue that, yeah, okay, this may have happened if he hit 300 or 25 homers and slugged this and did that. That has nothing to do with it. Absolutely nothing to do with it. If a player has an issue with with the kid in the clubhouse, that's a totally separate issue than if a player sucked the year before. So put that argument to rest. This situation just boggles me because he walked away from $13 million and he obviously is coming off one of his career worst years and he was going to struggle to find at-bats this year and it, his spring wasn't off to a great start either. So it was looking grim for, for LaRoche to begin with and we thought as soon as he retired that it was a blessing for the White Sox because bam, $13 million back on the books, are you kidding me? They can go out and do something in the trade deadline. They could go out and, and really make a move. Maybe Carlos Gonzalez. They'll be able to afford that contract, especially with John Danks coming off the books next season. But where was this? Where was, I don't think he had the, the, the mindset that he was going to retire in January. And that's what boggles me about this so much. Like, it, Yeah, if this happened in the offseason, it would have helped the White Sox a lot because maybe they would have been able to land somebody like Alex Gordon and spend a little bit more money. But that's irrelevant at this point. What matters is LaRoche is gone, and apparently there's a divide in the clubhouse. There was a meeting between Kenny Williams and the players, and the players were ready to boycott their spring training game over this. Like, are you kidding me? Shut up and go out and play. That's your job. Do it. 
It's not your responsibility to bring a kid in and take take care of. It's not a daycare. We. It's a baseball field. This is an organization. It's a professional baseball organization, and they're running it like a professional baseball organization should. I have no problem with Kenny Williams doing what he did and saying, "All right, enough is enough, LaRoche. Like, just dial it back a bit." Roach just, uh, ugh. This this entire thing has been blown out of proportion, and apparently David Kaplan went off and bashed the White Sox, which isn't a surprise because I don't know he's kind of he's kind of out there. Major media member has a lot of influence, and he he's got to have responsibility for that. But he he changed his perspective. He was all for the White Sox at one point, and then he talked to a phenomenal source. He called it, and then quickly changed his view and said the White Sox were at fault. The White Sox are not at fault at this. We need to come to that conclusion. But anyway, the positive thing is Adam LaRoche is out of the White Sox lineup completely. And bam, that's a good thing. So we can look forward to a season without LaRoche, and we can look forward to possibly a White Sox disaster because there's a division in the clubhouse? I don't know. I doubt it. I hope that this team can put it behind them as the season begins and they can just continue on to their quest like major league professionals, you know? You just got to do their job. Go out and play. Don't worry about this. Don't take sides. And I just want to, again, okay, there isn't any reports of a player going to Kenny Williams and complaining about this. Why would there be? Maybe it, maybe it comes out in the next few days. I'm not, I'm not really counting on it because it would just hurt the, the player publicly. They don't want that PR. So it, it has to be taken care of behind closed doors. Kenny Williams is biting the bullet on this one. He's taking all the brunt of the heat. I respect that. But you expect players on Twitter and social, whatever, saying, yeah, we back LaRoche. Because why wouldn't they? That's all. That's all I have with this LaRoche stuff. There's probably more to say, but let's just leave it at that. And hopefully it dies. Hopefully this this stupid story dies eventually because it is stupid. This is ridiculous. A guy retires because his president asked him to, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. But all right, let's move on. Let's move on because I'm sick of talking about the White Sox. I don't even like the White Sox. I don't know why I talk about them so much. Let's move on to the Bears because the Bears are making making moves. Bears are doing really well, I think, in, in, in the offseason. And I, I said this in my first podcast. I said this in my second podcast. I expect the Bears to be a playoff contender, at least make the playoffs in 2016. But that's going to take a lot from Ryan Pace this April in the draft because I'm looking even with all their offseason signings I'm looking there's still some holes the positive thing is they got all the guys that they wanted to target for example their big offseason acquisition was Danny Trevathan which is awesome big time acquisition huge upgrade from Christian Jones and Shane McClellan who by the way signed with the New England Patriots they also signed Jarrell Freeman from the Colts another inside linebacker Another upgrade over John Timu, who was okay, but John Timu, no. He's not He's not a game-changing NFL starter. Not saying Jarrell Freeman's that crazy game-changer either, but he's consistent. He knows how to play the position. Stuff to run, so can Danny Trevathan. Akeem Hicks was a defensive end that they wanted to bring in this offseason, and they got him, and it's awesome because that defensive line needs some big-time help. I'm looking at the roster right now. And I see guys like Mitch Unreen, who they brought back as a depth piece because John Fox liked them. That's great. Eddie Goldman, who had a great year last year in the nose tackle position in that 3-4 defense. Will Sutton, okay, 
And then you have Lamar Houston and Willie Young, who was very productive last season with the Bears. He was probably one of the Bears' best tacklers and defensive line presence. And you know what? He didn't even want to be a part of this 3-4 defense. But he was, and he kicked ass at it pretty much. He was very impressive. Very impressive. So you look at beyond the front interior, whatever, the defensive line, middle linebackers, they they got some improvement there. And it leaves open the question if they're going to decide to draft on the defensive line this April, which I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to it. I believe in Ryan Pace. I think he could put together a good draft. He put together a great draft last season. Had a few guys start. A lot of guys start. Grasso, Adrian Amos, list goes on. And they might have to look for a tight end because they were able to move Martellus Bennett to the New England Patriots for a fourth-round pick. They also traded a sixth-round pick. But in return, this is this is a great value, in my opinion, because one, the Bears had three sixth-round picks to begin with. And if you kind of look look at it, the Bears traded the Patriots' John Bostic last year, and in return they got a sixth-round pick. So then they gave back the Patriots a sixth-round pick plus Bennett, and in return they got a fourth-round pick. So essentially it's Bostic and Bennett for this fourth round. Hey, not bad. And by the way... You look at the Patriots and their tight end situation, Rob Gronkowski and Martellus Bennett. Wow. Good luck. Good luck, NFC or AFC. Good luck. That's tough. Well, you know, whatever. Back to the Bears. You look at you look at their secondary. Antrell Roll, is he going to be back? If you cut him, like they got rid of Bennett's salary, that's another what that's more money. That's more money to the cap space. Able to bring in free agents or spend effectively on guys that they want to bring back. They also brought back Mark Miriani, which I like a lot because, yeah, he's not the greatest punt returner. Probably people are going to say, get him, find somebody to replace him. But he's a, he's a decent depth piece for the wide receiver position. You know, Jay Cutler had a lot of success on third down with him, which means he was confident in him to make a play, and he did. For the most part, I think back to that Packers game. He had a few third down conversions to... Mariani, which was awesome. So I'm ha- I was happy they brought him back. They also brought back Zach Miller. And they obviously needed to shore up the tight end position because, well, they don't really have anybody at tight end besides Zach Miller. Brought back Rob Hauser, but, I mean, who, who, what is that? What is that going to do for you? So you you want to look at tight end in the draft? Could happen. I'm, I'm not opposed to it. What what Ryan Pace set the Bears up this offseason was a opportunity to pick the best player available at 11 this draft, which I'm excited about because obviously the Bears need some pieces like we talked about. You need more need more depth in the quarterback position. It's going to be Kyle Fuller, Kyle Fuller and Tracy Porter. Bryce Callahan, I believe he was a undrafted free agent who stepped up and, and won the job over Sherrick McManus in the nickel spot, which was great because Callahan – Proved to be way better than Sherrick McManus on defense. McManus is brought back as well. McManus will be a special team. He, that's his only job. That's his, his. That's his duty is to be a special teams guy. He shouldn't be on defense. But that's that's you got. You need guys like that. You need guys who could fill in roles. Harold Jones Quarte even stepped up in the safety position. Played a little nickel too. That's great. They got guys, but at the same time, you need playmakers and. It, Kyle Fuller hasn't proved that he's a playmaker. You know, he he he's got talent. It's obvious. He can make he can make plays, but his instincts got to work on it. 
And I think they're in good hands, though. I think they're in good hands with Vic Fangio and that defense, John Fox, too. And it was a it was a big deal that they brought back Tracy Porter because he was their their best cover corner last year. So that's a positive. So you look at it, the defense at a whole, Pernell McPhee, Will Young, Eddie Goldman, Will Sutton, Akeem Hicks, Mar Houston, and you you put it together, there's still some holes there. I'm looking forward to this draft because I think if the Bears hit on some draft key key positions, because you look at it overall on the offensive side, you're pretty pretty good, except really at tight end and maybe you want another left tackle. We'll see. It's a, you know, they, they brought in Bobby Massey, right tackle from the Cardinals, who projects to be right tackle, which means Kyle Long can move back to his natural guard position, which is great because he's fantastic there. That would be that would be something exciting. But that that leaves Charles Leno at left tackle. Do you want do you have faith in this guy? We'll see. It remains to be seen. And of course you'll have Kevin White back, which people keep saying it's like they have two first round picks this year because Kevin White this will be his official rookie season if he's healthy. So that's exciting. Uh, you got some stuff to be excited about. Obviously, the uh, franchise, Elshon Jeffrey. So you got some weapons. Zach Miller, he has to stay healthy. Jay Culler has to be consistent. Jeremy Langford, Kadeem Carey have a lot on their shoulders with Jack Hiz Rogers coming back as well. So they're, Bears got some pieces. And you look at the draft, they, they're able to hit. Hey, all I'm saying is they'll be there. They could be there, especially with Cutler at the helm. I'm a big believer in Cutler. I think Color can lead this. I think the Bears can win a Super Bowl with Color at the helm. So fight me on that. I don't care. That's my opinion. I think he's the best Bears quarterback they've ever had. Sue me. But all right. That's enough that's enough babbling, I guess, for now. We're going to move on to some March Madness stuff because games are going on today. It's probably the funnest time of the year, I would say. There's nothing, nothing better than that. 13 seed upset in that 4 seed or the 12 seed upset in that 5 seed. It's a lot of fun. You know, I don't I don't know if a 16 seed will ever upset a number 1. I mean, maybe, but I can I, I would say that I may see it in my lifetime, but I'll never see a 16 seed win at all. Well, so I'll tell you that unless something dramatically crazy happens, but for the most part, whatever. You know, some 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 fun games went on today. Miami beat Buffalo 79-72. That was a close one. UConn ended up pulling away from Colorado. Baylor lost to Yale, which was a big upset. Probably hurt a lot of people. UNC Wilmington almost took down Duke. Duke moves on, though. They won by eight. Uh, Butler came up with a nice win. But a big loss, besides the one that I mentioned earlier with Yale, was Purdue. Purdue went down to Arkansas Little Rock. 85-83, and you know, I had a lot of faith in Purdue this year. I thought they would be able to make at least the Sweet 16, but they're done. So a lot of a lot of bracket busting going on early, and that's the fun of it. That's the fun of it. But I just wanted to talk about it a little bit because, you know, it is the best time of year, and it's always fun talking about your brackets and shared brackets and all that. So I just want to talk about my Final Four real quick. I picked Oklahoma, UNC, Kansas, and Michigan State with Michigan State taking down Oklahoma in the championship. Now, I, I'm i hoping Michigan State can win because pretty much I got every single other pick wrong for the most part, and that's usually the case because, you know, whatever. And you know what, honestly? I'm not, Like I said, I'm not a big college basketball fan, but at the same time, this is probably the most I've ever watched college basketball in a season. And compared to previous seasons, it's weird. I, I had a harder time making a bracket this year than I did when I had no 
interest in watching them before. Like, it's weird. Like, I'm, I wasn't sitting there making picks based on the mascot or whatever. But at the same time, I was still kind of like, oh, you know, pure instinct here. I might just pick this team because, bam, could happen. I like Wichita State. I have Wichita State going pretty far. Other than that, nothing too dramatic that's that's going on. I had a lot of faith in Purdue. I'm upset that they got ups, that they got upset today. What's up with that, man? They they had, this is their best season. This is one of their best seasons in school history. They just took a dump in the first round, lost by two. Little oh, Arkansas Little Rock. Wow, that's why they call it March Madness. Am I right? Anyway, I'm looking forward to baseball season, obviously. And we talked a lot about the LaRoche situation and over on the north side of Chicago, no such thing is happening because they're awesome, obviously. They're the best team in the league and they're going to win it all. So there's a lot to be excited about. I just really hope that this LaRoche thing doesn't come back and hurt the White Sox once the season gets going because I don't want a, a divide. This this is a club that has a lot of promise this year, more so than previous years. The White Sox haven't made the playoffs since 2008. And honestly, this is probably their best chance at making the playoffs. So you better go for it. You you let something this ridiculous hinder your season, divide your clubhouse, that's going to be tough. We don't have to get into it anymore. What else is going on in the, in the city of Chicago? The Blackhawks are losing six in a row, which isn't cool. But at the same time, whatever, because they're just going to kill it in the playoffs like always. If we're going to talk about the Blackhawks real quick, I'm going to say that they're probably going to win a cup again, or at least make it to the Western Conference Finals. As long as you have that core, Kane, Taze, Hosa, and you know what? That second line, obviously it's like super productive with Kane and Panarin there, but I want to talk about Anisimov a little bit at center. How, how valuable is he being able to be that piece to complement Panarin and Kane? And of course you bring back Andrew Ladd, which was awesome. Another guy in the top line that they can work with. Need more scoring options there. Marion Hosa, finally healthy, back on the ice, which is good to see. But they're not winning, and their penalty kill is kind of suspect right now. It's kind of concerning. I don't know, the last couple weeks, I think they were 60% on the penalty kill, which is beyond terrible. So hopefully they shore up some stuff, they get back to where they need to be, and we'll watch them again this summer, hopefully hoisting another cup, because they could do it. Bulls? Nah, I'm not talking about the Bulls. I've had enough about the Bulls. Jimmy Butler? Derek Rose, Taj Gibson, Fred Hoiberg, Nico Mir- Oh, man. There's there's nothing to, nothing to say anymore about them. They just need to pack it in. Don't even make the playoffs this year. They probably will. Probably piss off a lot of people, miss out on a draft pick. But at this point, get bounced in the first round, whatever. Send a message. Get Gar Foreman out of there. You know my opinion. I had a little rant in my first podcast about it. So no more Bulls talk there. I, I'm excited, though, because this summer should be filled with optimism. It's a lot to look forward to. And whatever, if if something goes bad, then I guess you have the Bears to look forward to. And maybe that's not as a, as appealing as what the Cubs and Sox bring to the table going into this regular season, but at the same time, whatever. We always got something going on, and especially with this LaRoche stuff. I can't get it out of my head. This LaRoche stuff has just been so ridiculous and so blown out of proportion. Choosing sides, a kid 14 years old with his own locker, always there, even on the road games, People are siding with LaRoche. It's weird to me. I don't think LaRoche is in the right, but who am I to say? I'm some guy behind a microphone. I'm not a professional athlete who grew up in the locker rooms, who understood what it was like to be a part of that culture, learn all these values. It's, you know, I can't say that I do. But at the same time, I am 
an athlete and I have kind of a perspective that non-athletes don't have. And that's just because I've been around the games a lot. It would be very frustrating to have a kid, in my opinion, or running around doing whatever, especially with a locker room full of veterans dipping and kicking people in the face, you know, stuff like that. Oh, did you see that the tobacco ban going on in Chicago? Well, that's that's apparently happening. Major League Baseball players can't chew tobacco on the field anymore or else they'll get fined. I think four offenses is like 2500 bucks. After initial payments, like they're cheap, it's like two fifty. Then it goes up to like five hundred or something. Then all of a sudden, after like four, you get the book hit right across your face. It's like twenty five hundred dollars every time you put in a dip. But it's funny to me because there are reports John Lester or not John John Lackey and Joe Madden are kind of upset about it. Not really upset. I mean, Joe Madden was about the pro choice thing, which I can understand his perspective on it. But John Lackey was obviously adamant about how he didn't like it. He said that fans are allowed to drink beer in the stands and these are professional baseball players. Why can't they make their own decision and put cancer directly to their gums? You know, that's their choice. But at the same time, guys like Miguel Montero and Addison Russell, who constantly dip are saying it's good because it'll force them to cut down on it, which ultimately results in a healthier lifestyle. So whatever you can have your opinion on that. I personally, I hate it. That stuff's disgusting that I don't understand why anybody would smoke or dip. That's just poison straight to your bloodstream. You want to just kill yourself 30 years quicker? Go ahead. But not for me. So anyway, I'm glad to have you guys. Thank you for listening. And I hope to have entertained you for this amount of time. And I hope you come back and listen to my next podcast because I'm sure there will be more stuff on this LaRoche thing that I might be able to touch on in a week or hopefully it dies. Might not. Probably won't because the White Sox are just a funny organization to follow sometimes. But otherwise, yeah. Once again, thank you very much. This is a presentation of Most Valuable Podcasts. My name is Mike Rand. This is Behind the Pen. We will see you all next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.